second episode out a little sooner but it was a holidays Thanksgiving and then I was thinking I was gonna record it right after Thanksgiving I was like oh, I got three days I could whip it out really quick but no all I did was eat leftovers and uh watch TV and then fall asleep and then wake up and then watch a movie and then maybe eat some more leftovers and then uh, start another movie and then halfway through the movie fall asleep and that just kept happening and then it was like Sunday night and I'm like fuck gotta go back to work already what happened to my whole weekend Do you ever feel like you say that? But sometimes, uh, but then you really think about it and you're like, oh, oh yeah, I spent it all being a fucking fat piece of shit. Maybe it's just me. But, uh, let's see. So, the fir- in the first episode, I wanted to introduce myself, but I kind of didn't. I kind of just shot right into it. Uh, I guess I gave you a little bit of why of like uh, I don't even know what I explained in it honestly I was so nervous that time uh, I'm, I'm nervous right now I don't know if like in a couple seconds I'm going to totally forget and then I'm like what the fuck was I talking about you can't have dead air like in radio you can't have dead air so Sometimes that'll happen to me and I'm just like, I'm going off on something and then, and then suddenly it's just nothing. I'm like a deer in the headlights and I have no idea what I was even talking about before that. Like it just, it's like coming out of a blackout. (sighs) I don't know if any of you other alcoholics out there had like, you're out drinking and then you black out and then when you come back. Like, you'll come back, but it's just like, you just popped into reality. Whoa, what am I doing here? Like, standing up in the middle of a party, have no idea. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, I wanted to kind of get into more of myself so I can get a better idea of who the fuck Jimmy D is. Well, first of all, that name, Jimmy De La Estrella, that's a pseudonym. I think that's the right word. Anyways, it's it's a fake name. And you're, somebody might be like, why? Well, I heard 
people from who started other podcasts recommend using a name that's not your real name. Because at some point you might you might get a stalker or a, somebody might steal your identity. Uh, you just become easier to target. And so, because I'm afraid of all you freaking nerds out there. Freaking made up a last name. I mean, y'all, y'all can probably figure it out anyways. So whatever, but made just one more step harder. So, but let's get it. So, uh, born in 86, born in Austin, Texas, and, uh, pretty much been here my whole life. Spent a little time in Florida, been to Louisiana, visited Mexico, been to Chicago for a few days. That's about it. That's about all I've seen of the world. Like 0.0001% of the world. Maybe it's more than that. But anyways, not much. Which I take into account when I think about stuff. Kind of like, what? How could they fucking think that? But I've never been to where they're at. Oh, I've been to El Salvador too. I forgot that. Yeah, that trip actually kind of shaped me some, but uh, not the subject for another day. So, born in 86, went to school, public school, whatever. Um, I don't really want to give like that type of fucking boring ass detail. I think it would be better, like a couple stories. Um... Stories that kind of back up why I'm into this stuff or why I think about things the way I do. So one of the the first things I remember going back that I think like was me questioning authority was in a third grade. Uh, I had moved from another school. So, yeah, let me think about this. So, went to kindergarten first, second, at one school, and then, like, halfway through third grade, got we moved, and so I had to move school. And I don't know why this did this to me, but I don't know if that was, like, a mini trauma or something, but, like, it triggered something in me. Get to the new school. And suddenly, I'm like, you know what? Why the fuck do I have to do any of this bullshit? I'm like, they got me in this other fucking school. Uh, my parents are probably fighting at home. And I don't know anybody here. Fuck this. So I refuse to do any work. Like no, like nothing. Like the teacher would come, she'd pass out a, a thing or an assignment to everybody. 
And I would just look at it and be like, I'm not going to do this shit. Why am I doing this shit? Why do I have to do this? It just, it didn't make sense to me. And be like, oh no, well you have to. I mean, everybody's doing it. I mean, the whole class was doing it, but I was like, what are they going to do? What the, What's the worst they can do? And they didn't really do too much. I mean, they brought my mom in and they're like, yeah, your son is not, he, re- he refuses to cooperate. And she was just like, Jimito, you need to do your work. But I guess I was still like, yeah, whatever. So they ended up segregating me from the rest of the class. Like they put, they moved my desk to, <laughs> to like a desk in the corner of the room, like facing away from the other kids. <laughs> and I freaking like, I loved it. <laughs> like I was just in my corner, just like using my imagination, thinking about. Uh, I also remember they put me next to a. It was right where in school the AC vents would come out from the ground instead of from the ceiling. And so where they put my desk there, I was right next to this uh, AC was just like blasting me. Uh, I guess it didn't bother me that much. I think I liked it. I do remember that I'll just just wear a... I wonder if that was part of the tactics. Now that I think back on it. Put them in a cold black. Or not black, but cold dark. It wasn't even dark. Put them in a cold room. Like when they put you in jail, it's really cold and shit. Keep it real cold. They're like, he'll give in, he'll crack, he'll get cold. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't crack. Whatever. I'll just put on a jacket and uh, chill till I gotta go home. And then I go fucking play Nintendo. Fuck these people. Uh, so the big thing that they held, they held like above me that is that they kept on telling me that. Uh, if I didn't do any work, that I wasn't gonna get to go on the the end of the year field trip, which they're taking all of the third graders to NASA, which did, that did sound pretty cool to me at the time. I was like, damn, that sounds pretty badass. But I also don't wanna do this work. And I can't just dangle that like, I'm not going to give in. Fuck these motherfuckers. So, end of the year comes. All the kids are happy. They're about to go see a fucking rocket or some shit. It's the place in Houston. Uh, whatever that place is. Uh, so, yeah. I remember that one day all the kids went... So when in the morning they're all loading up, I just had to stay there. I had to stay there with like all the, the like the teachers. I mean, because I was like the only kid there. 
And for like the teachers, it was just like a teacher's day off, I guess. The ones that didn't go. I remember hanging out with the teachers. That's all I really remember. Being kind of not really. I don't think I was sad, but I was I was a little salty. I was like, damn. These fools really didn't let me go to fucking NASA. And then I felt after. I think I had a hope. I was like, eh, I'll go next year. But um, none of the other grades offered that again. So as I was going through, everybody was like, hey, remember NASA when we saw the, the rocket, blah, blah, blah. And everyone could relate. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Because I couldn't relate. Um, I ended up passing third grade, <laughs> which <laughs> makes zero sense. But all I had to do was take the, uh, at the end of the year, they would have these standardized tests in uh, Texas. It was called TOS back then, Texas assessment, something. Uh, and somehow I knew because they would say like the whole year was preparing you know at the end of the year you got to take this toss test and that's how you move up so when i got the toss test i was like so if i pass this i could go maybe i can um go to fourth grade and i gave it a shot and um those things were easy as shit like even though i didn't uh no work uh I'd still think I was ahead of most of the class that were like, they just did, a lot of them just didn't get it. They didn't get enough milk growing up, I guess. But my mom always gave us whole milk, whole milk, all fat. Uh, I guess that's what I attribute <laughs> some of my intelligence to whole milk. Uh, but yeah, I freaking like aced the toss test. And even then they were threatening me. Oh, you're going to have to retake their. Uh, yeah, I passed and I went to fourth grade. <laughs> even though <laughs> I did, I didn't do a single assignment. I just passed that last thing and there. They must have looked at it and been like, oh, he's well, I mean. He didn't do any work, but he's smart enough to pass this thing we it'll probably look bad on their record so they're like you know what let's just uh, he's good he's good i feel like that happened uh, a lot throughout school i remember like some of the like thug kids and other kids who were never in class had like horrible attendance and they weren't the smartest either when you when you listen to them read out loud, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> but somehow they kept on passing all these classes. Like, they stayed in the same grade as me. I was like, how is this possible? I, I know this guy did not do as much work as me. But back to, so at the third grade thing, I think. I think that was like a first life lesson. Which is 
just because they tell you you have to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. And there's other ways around. Also, you just, you gotta know how to, you gotta, you gotta figure out how the system works. And once you figure out the system, you can hack your way through it. Uh, maybe that's a bit exaggerated of a word. But yeah, I think that was like a little, a little lesson for me. I was like, what the? And I was like, I literally really did nothing that it wasn't the whole third grade. It was that maybe half. And maybe that's why, because yeah, now that I think about it, maybe it was like half the grade, but then maybe my score transferred over from the other. I have no idea. Point is that I didn't get to go to NASA and then I moved on to fourth grade. You know what I think it was? I think I just didn't like the teacher. Because in fourth grade, I had like the first teacher that I can remember that I actually liked. And I was like, oh, this teacher's cool. So I actually did the work. And I was proud to do it. But in third grade, Miss Perkins. Miss Perkins, who was obsessed with penguins. She put fucking penguins everywhere. They always tried, teachers back then always tried to have like a theme to their room. Hers was just fucking penguins. Which I like penguins. But maybe it reminded me of the penguin from Batman. Like, fuck this bitch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know why I did that actually. I look back on it and I was like, damn, I can't believe I'm a fucking little rebel. Uh, yeah, so that was elementary. In a nutshell. So, what else happened in elementary school? Uh, normal shit that I... Oh, except... Yeah, during those early years. I had a friend who got... Possessed by a demon. And uh, tried to kill me. Yeah, he tried to kill me... And his sister. But. That's a tell for a, a whole other podcast. That's just a little. Little tease. Uh, the middle school. I don't know. Start to get. Hair on the huevos. Uh, playing, playing a bunch of video games. At this point I'm thinking. I want to design video games or something like that. I, I really had no idea what I wanted. And I just knew I liked video games a lot. In uh, high school. Well, yeah, a lot of shit happened in high school. But um, as far as if you want another, another weird thing. Uh, I got attacked during my sleep by a... Uh, some sort of interdimensional vampire that drained my life force energy. But uh, that's probably that's probably another podcast right there. So you just have to wait for that story too.
but yeah, those are some of the events that kind of shaped my childhood, I guess. Then we can get to later on, but I, th I think y'all get the gist of it. I don't want this whole thing to be about me. It feels kind of weird. I'd rather just talk about other things and then, yeah, sprinkle in stories. And I think that's the best way for somebody to get to know me through my stories. Not just me saying in 1997, I, I don't even know what I did that year. Uh, besides playing video games. But I think even playing those like video games and stuff had a pretty good, pretty big effect on me. Uh, back then I was obsessed with Final Fantasy. Pretty good RPG series. Uh, part three, which is some, which is sometimes called six. So three slash six, seven, and uh, tactics. That was my shit. I played eight. I, I thought I was, eh, it was okay. I remember I bought nine and then I didn't even finish like the first CD. This is back when those RPGs like on PlayStation, they would be like four disc long. I don't even think I got past the first one. It just didn't catch me like the old ones did. From then on, I just played, uh, man, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics a lot. Like, so many hours spent playing that game. And it's just, it's not even that long of a game. Well, if I remember right, it takes like 70, 75 hours for me to finish it. But I'll just play it over and over. Because the gameplay was so fun and addicting. I know they came out with the other ones, but yeah. Uh, kind of, I got out of consoles. The last console I owned was an Xbox 360. Because in high school, all I wanted was a, a computer. I remember when I was going to ask, I think I ended up asking my dad like to have a computer back then I mean maybe for some of y'all it's like no big deal but like that was like crazy shit to me I was like a fucking computer we would go to Fry's and like the cheapest computer there was still like I don't know 400 bucks but for me to ask for a uh, for something that's $400, like, I feel like if I had asked my mom, she would probably just, like, laugh at me. She'd be like, what do you think this is? Like, uh, so I didn't even try and ask her. But I knew my dad may. I was like, sometimes he would, he would splurge and get me, like, a, like, a little, I don't know, something like 300 bucks but even then this was 400 bucks so i was like shit i'm about to reach a whole new climax of asking for gifts uh it's a crack it's a crack shot 
But he ended up telling me that he thought it was a really, like he he was happy when I asked him. Because he was probably thinking, oh, like my son's going to get a computer and become an engineer or something. I think that's what he thought. He thought, yeah, I was going to get that computer and learn how to code and become fucking Michael Dell. I guess he was the Michael Dell. I don't know. Anyways, I guess he was hoping I'd become rich off computers. But all he really did was give me access to the internet. Well, I was actually already on the internet through the through through the Dreamcast. That was my first internet access through the Dreamcast game console. Uh, and I didn't have service, so I had to I had to figure out a way to get online for free. And it would be through like uh, either one like the AOL discs that you would get like sample internet I think we did that and then or uh, there's a thing called net zero back then that was offered from Kmart but somehow I found online you could just enter in like your own IP address or it was something like that but it wasn't that complicated but a, a little complicated but you would just go in there and type all the... If you typed the right stuff in, then you could get online for free. The only thing is... Uh, I mean, it was dial-up, so... Usually I couldn't get online till after 10. Because my mom would pick up the phone and... It'd make a really horrible sound in your ear. And she would just scream, be like, Get off the phone, I'm waiting for a cop. But in Spanish, <clears throat> and I'd be like, damn it. Freaking trying to play Counter Strike, goddammit. Played Counter Strike for years, too. But maybe, uh, yeah, maybe the, ga- the gaming career could be a whole different uh, subject on its own. Uh, after I went PC, that's, that's it. No more consoles. And so I'm still here. I'm still on a PC right now. Do the shit. Well, I feel like I got really off topic. But I gave you a little peek into some of my childhood. Maybe that'll give you a better idea of uh, why I'm freaking crazy. Um. But yeah, why don't we get to something a little different? So now why don't we take a little trip into the past? Why? Because you can always learn from the past. Everything that's going on now, something pretty similar has happened before. That's what I think. I think everything is cycles. 
Um, some people think that America, the, the cycle that America is going through is actually what the cycle that Atlantis went through. But then at the end, Atlantis ended up blowing themselves up. So hopefully we don't do that. Hopefully we take a little different route. But let's go back to 1942 uh, to the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, some of y'all might have heard of it. I'm assuming most of y'all maybe have not. Uh, it's not that well known. It's kind of known more like in the uh, UFO realm. So if you follow that, you might have you might have heard of it before. <clears throat> oh, and there's also a um. They made a sci-fi channel movie about it. I didn't see it. Um, it looked kind of, it looked, it didn't look that good. I saw a little trailer. I was like, that's going to be a bad movie. But then I'm just, I'm assuming I didn't actually watch it. I don't know a single person who's watched it actually. But yeah, the Battle of LA, 1942. Let's see what went down. Uh, so, so yeah, probably a lot of people are like, what? L.A. was in a battle? Eh. eh it, I don't even know if they would call it a battle. It's interesting. So, this took place in 1942, February 25th. This was three months after Pearl Harbor. So, you can kind of imagine. Um... Pearl Harbor just happened. Everyone's pissed off. We're going to war. It's the beginning of W... Well, at least the beginning of us joining WW2. And um, I guess everyone's on edge. I mean, they, they the Japanese came once and got us by surprise. Supposedly by surprise. But that's a totally different subject. So... I'm just going to run down the basic story, and then after that, I'll I'll put in my little inputs. So, in the morning, at 1.44 a.m., there's something on the radar that shows up, and it's heading towards L.A. So, they turn on the air raid sirens, which that must have been trippy. And they also do a total blackout. They turn off all the lights everywhere. I guess that's to, uh, so the, cause they're going to assume it's like a bomber. I would think they don't want to be able to see what, what you're going to hit. Um, it's approaching. So around 2 AM and then at three, around 3 AM, they open fire and, uh, they start hitting this thing with 50 caliber weapons and, or guns. And then also shells 12 pound 12.8 pound shells anti-aircraft shells which i'm not for sure but i think those are the ones that like they don't even have to hit right on the plane they'll just like go up and explode kind of like the uh those shells that you you uh you launched during fourth of july you know the fun ones the little balls 
Anyways, they end up shooting like 14,000 shells. I mean, that's a lot. They're basically shooting for a whole hour. Non-stop. And then some people claim that it was like a blimp. There's all kinds of weird stories. There's not a, a, a good for sure thing. But some people say it looked like a blimp. Uh, some people had claimed that they saw a couple planes falling. Uh, it wasn't our planes because they didn't launch any planes. I guess because they were sh- sh- shooting out so much shit they didn't want to fuck up our planes. But uh, yeah, they're freaking going off. And throughout all this chaos, it ends up uh, five people were killed. Three people were in car accidents. Which I could imagine if all the lights are off. Um, And then two people died of heart attacks due to the stress of fucking bombs going off everywhere. It's been pretty crazy. So that that's basically the gist of the story. There's some kind of something in the air and we we kind of go crazy and we launch all this shit. Um, actually, they probably would have kept on going, but I heard that, I don't remember where, either I heard or read it somewhere, that it's actually because we ran out of ammo, that's why we stopped. Uh, we basically, so they used everything, literally everything we had at these things. And, um, yeah, they, they didn't go down. Uh, the next day, the LA Times, uh, they took a photograph of it. You can see the photograph if you want. You can go to, uh, if you just go to Wikipedia, put in Battle of Los Angeles. It'll show the newspaper with a little photo that they took. And uh, you can go into that photo and it shows like uh, all the spotlights of the city aimed at this one thing floating up in the sky. And let me go ahead and and then around it there's kind of like little explosions. There's different versions of this photograph. That one I guess is the original, but I've seen other ones where they've uh, apparently they released another one like uh, sometime later and they like enhanced the explosions but supposedly that was just the thing that they would do back then I guess so it would look better in the newspaper um, yeah because in this picture I'm looking at the Wikipedia one it just, they just look like little dots are surrounding but what those dots are, are like explosions going on around this thing and you see all the spotlights all on it um and some people might be like, why the fuck? Why are we listen- Why are you telling us this story? Well, if you look in the middle of those spotlights, you can take your own guess. But to me, it looks like a classic flying saucer. Uh, and I've seen other photos or, or um, the same photo, but you can go in and adjust the contrast. And it becomes even more of it. It just looks like a straight up classic disc with like a little dome on top 
Um, so the next day or after that, they come out and they say that it was a, it was a weather balloon or a couple weather balloons that somebody had launched. So, yeah, that's their cover story. Apparently, so this is their story, that they, another part of the military whatever launched two weather balloons that night, and they popped up on radar, and we freaked out so bad that we ended up blasting it with 1,400 rounds of anti-aircraft shells and shooting it with the 50 cal. I want to know what this bl- this balloon was made out of because it's just taking hits nonstop. This has to be like the most badass balloon, weather balloon ever. Uh, and then they also blamed it on just nerves that were just nervous. I can kind of understand that if Pearl Harbor had just happened. Yeah, we're going to be on edge. Then some weird shit shows up in the sky. Um, what some of the witnesses describe is kind of weird. It's like how slow it went. That's why no, they never said it, it could be an airplane or something. Because it was traveling really, really slow. And uh, yeah, they said it was a weather balloon. First they said, or at some other point they said it was a blimp. I mean, either one of those just it it just reminds me of Roswell remember Roswell and then day one it was like a flying saucer and then the next day it's a weather balloon what the fuck are these weather balloons made out of so that's about that's about the gist of it as far as like what you can read on Wikipedia and what you find. But um, I've got some other theories. So, time to get a little weird. Time to put on the old tin foil hat. The uh, first, the first time I heard about this story, it was it must have been uh, coast to coast AM. Which, you know, they talk about everything. But in that one, they were trying to say that it was a an alien spacecraft. An alien UFO. Which, I feel like anytime they saw something like that, they just, back then they would always, or even up until recently, they would just assume it's a, it's an alien spacecraft. But the more I look into stuff and the more I think about it, I'm going to say most of the time it wasn't aliens, it was humans. Like, like I said in the uh, last podcast, if, if you're a super intelligent being, and you're traveling the cosmos in your fucking badass spaceship. Why would why would you come down here and then float over Los Angeles? Why first why would you show yourself? And then two, why would you just 
chill up there and let us uh, just to be a, like an asshole just be like Tch. look at your puny weapons they do nothing to me just taking all these blows um I mean what, what was the point of that that doesn't make sense so here's uh, another take on the situation what if the Nazis actually had really advanced technology and possibly had flying saucers before anybody? A lot of people were like, come on, man, that, that's crazy. But you got to remember the Germans were, uh, they're like the best engineers. They, uh, I mean, when you think about like, car engineering and engineering in general. I mean, we would have never had a NASA or gotten into space without the Germans. You know, once we brought over Operation Paperclip, all that stuff. But some people say they had uh, even more advanced stuff than that. And they say uh, they got a lot of this stuff from... Uh, this secret society, they're called the Vril, V-R-I-L. And they, they were first mentioned like in 1925. Um, and then they were also associated with, uh, the Thule Society. And these were like secret societies based in Berlin who were looking into like really weird stuff. Kind of like the the type of stuff that Tesla was looking into. So alternate energy sources and other other types of energy. So the real they were focused on this thing that they called real energy, which is some kind of energy of the earth, energy that comes from the uh, I don't even know what you would call it, like a zero point alternate dimension eh, no that's not the right word anyways uh, d different different stuff not just uh, like chemical whip or because when we think about rockets that's all like chemical propulsion I think propulsion that's the word I was looking for and um Supposedly, they're getting this information through channelers, which are like uh, people would uh, put themselves in a trance. And when they go into this trance, they uh, they start to get messages from somewhere else. Some people say it's aliens. Some people just say it's just the, the consciousness of the universe. Some people say it was demons. Maybe it's a little mix of all that. Uh, one of the main chicks that was uh, channeling this, her name was Maria Orsic. You can look her up and she looks like exactly what a Hitler would imagine a perfect woman looks like. She's... Uh, Blonde, tall, 
blue eyes and uh, the main characteristic was uh, she was had super long hair apparently so these uh, ladies that were in the real society they all grew their hair super super long like down to their past their back like down to their ankles and maybe even longer you can uh, you can look up pictures of these and they said yeah so somehow that makes a connection helps them make a connection it's kind of interesting it makes me think about uh like the hippie movement and all that that uh i don't know long hair don't care something maybe there's something to that maybe um and there's also a lot of reports from other uh like air air fighters um for from america and then from just the allies before that there was a lot of reports that they would see these things they called them foo fighters and most people are like oh no that's that's a band that i like but that's actually where they got the name from these uh plane fighters would often see these usually shaped like a saucer sometimes they just look like lights and they would do like incredible maneuvers that they couldn't explain they're like this thing moves crazy it takes 90 degree turns at a speed that's impossible and some of them even talk about uh getting hit by a a certain type of electromagnetic weapon that um, they were getting hit with EMPs, which uh, uh, you're like, what, what the fuck's an EMP? EMPs, that thing that they used in uh, Ocean's Eleven. Remember, they had to go steal it. I just watched that movie the other week. Like one of the best movies ever made. Almost perfect. God, such a good movie. But yeah, that little thing, that, that crazy looking thing they put in the van to knock out the power. So that's what an EMP is. And I'm not sure if our people really knew that much about it. Because I thought they didn't discover that till they set off a nuke. Because when you set a nuke off, it sets off an EMP too. But the way they described that the way these Foo Fighters would attack them is through EMPs. So there's there's definitely a possibility that maybe they had these things. Oh, and so um, Maria Orsic and the Vril Society, they were channeling, they would get this information, they go into the trance, and what the people, the, whatever they contacted on the other side was giving them information on how to build these saucers and crazy technology. Um, and so they started prototyping it and they had to do all this in, in uh, secret. Because after World War One, Germany wasn't, a, they had the Treaty of Versailles so they weren't allowed to build up, they weren't supposed to be building up a, an army or air force 
So if they're doing any of this type of research and stuff, it was definitely top secret. And then there's also the fact that late into the war, Hitler was uh, talking about, he kept saying he had the, the Wunderwappens. The Wunderwappens. That's what would do it. Um, yeah, he kept bragging that he had these. Uh, I mean, he was the first ones to make uh, rockets. And then the first one to build a, a jet airplane. I mean, so they're they're ahead of the ball on everybody. Why wouldn't they have, uh, you know, this other stuff that is like super top secret? Yeah, it's possible. Just uh, something to think about. Because that would make more sense. Okay, they they're in the war and they have these uh, these saucers. They'd only have a few of them, I guess, like a little one little crew or whatever, and they would send those out, just fucking with like our shitty ass regular planes that still had propellers and shit. And uh, so you have this thing, and then you go fly it above like the second biggest city in the US and you just float right over slow as shit and you let us launch everything we have at them literally and they don't it doesn't do shit and you're just like yeah I ain't got shit on this so then people will be like well well how come they didn't use these things and, and win the war uh, supposedly maybe they couldn't make a, enough of them and uh, I've heard other things that that the design that they had those early ones for some reason they couldn't put weapons on them but then there's those reports about getting attacked with the EMPs uh, I, I mean who knows maybe um uh, Maybe Hitler didn't die at the end of WW2. He just jumped in his saucer and went to Antarctica. To New Schwabia. Because they, they did have a base down there. That's pretty well recorded. And they would get there with their subs. And maybe the UFOs too. So some of y'all might be wondering, why is this dude, he's always bringing up Antarctica. Um, there's a reason for that. I think, I think there might be something weird going on down there. Um, especially with the reports that, like I said, the Germans were supposedly going there in the late. Like right before, like right before the forties, nineteen thirty-nine. Well, let's just let me give you a couple facts on Antarctica. Facts, as far as I took this off of Wikipedia, so not some like crazy Fruit Loop website, which I go to plenty of those. 
Uh, to check this out, I was reading this. The first woman to set foot on Antarctica did so in the 1930s with Carolyn Mickelson landing on an island event Antarctica in 1935. And Ingrid Christensen stepping into the mainland in 1937. It was not until 31st October 1956 that anyone set foot on the South Pole again. And then it goes on to talk about some other stuff. Um, so when I first read that, I was like, what? But basically, it's saying from 1937 to 56, no one has ever set foot on the South Pole. I mean, does that seem weird to anybody? There was a... Uh, Expeditions and stuff there. Uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about that. But according to this, yeah, no one's ever been there. No one ever set foot on the South Pole again. And think about that time from 37 to 56. So in 37, Germany was getting ready to go to war. And uh, 39, they were in full war. Since that was the start of WW2. So all throughout that whole war, there had always been rumors that they had sent an expedition there and they had set a military base there. Um, he said it was scientific stuff, uh, or mainly scientific stuff. I don't know. It just seems weird to me that the place could uh, just remain untouched for almost 20 years. When there's all this like weird stuff about it. So, World War II ended 45. And then in... 46 uh, we sent an expedition called Operation High Jump uh, led by this dude Admiral Byrd they sent out a giant naval force so I mean think about it the World War II is over it's, it's a year after we're gonna send this giant fleet which was over 4,000 people uh, an aircraft carrier actually two of them might have been more there was 13 uh, Navy ships that they sent uh, six flying boats six helicopters two seaplane tenders I don't know what those are and 15 other aircraft um, why did they send out basically like a battle battalion to Antarctica a year after World War II? Uh, and then, uh, so they, they say it was like a scientific expedition. They're just going to go out there. 
for science, but I don't know why you need all this t aircraft carriers. And I mean, it kind of makes sense, but not really. Well, here's what's interesting. There's a, this is off of Wikipedia too. Um, this was in a Chilean newspaper, apparently. That the Admiral Byrd warned today that the U.S. should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions. Admiral explained he was not trying to scare anyone. But the cruel reality is that in case of a new war, the U.S. could be attacked by planes flying over one or both poles. Um, Bird said that the most important result of his observation and discoveries is the potential effect, effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. So he's basically warning, yeah, he went in out there and uh, he came back and he was like, uh, we need to be ready because something might come from Antarctica. Which makes zero sense if nobody's supposed to be there. You know, why they send the battalion out and why is this, why is he making these warnings? So here's another interesting little factoid uh, that I found under by searching Antarctic Treaty, which when I was reading the uh, about Admiral Byrd, who, by the way, at the very bottom of it, turns out to be a Freemason. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, who knows what that could mean, but. I just thought that was interesting. Anyways, so I was in the uh, Antarctic Treaty part, and then it mentioned this, which is a little different because in the Bird article, it talks about high jump being scientific. But from here, it, in here it says, from August 26, 1946 until the beginning of 47, Operation High Jump was carried out. The largest military expeditionary force that the U.S. has sent to Antarctica to the present. So, basically ever. 13 ships, 4,700 men, and numerous aerial devices. Its goals were to train military personnel and test material in conditions of, an, of extreme cold for an eventual war in the Antarctic. So they sent him out to do all this training uh, for this war that was going to come out of the an eventual war in the Antarctic. I don't, they, they just put it there like it's like they knew that that's what was going to happen. Which going back to the point again, if if nobody was there until 56 so 10 years after that why why are they saying why are they getting ready for this war in the antarctic 
And why are they sending this largest military expeditionary force? You know, unless, unless there's maybe still something there. You know, maybe they did have their base. The Nazis, that is. And uh, maybe they're there for a while and then nobody's allowed there. That's why uh, for the longest time, they just said, yeah, nobody's there. Because nobody wants to admit, you know, the Allies don't want to admit afterwards that there might still be Nazis around. They're supposed to be done with. But, see, there's it's these types of little weird stuff. It makes me think. Might be something else to Antarctica. Some real interesting stuff around it. So, I... <clears throat> So I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Try and make them around around an hour long. Uh, but now you know why I don't trust NASA and I don't trust the man. And now you know about the battle of 1942 and you know a little bit of it Antarctica. And now you know about a uh, Hitler's secret girlfriend, Maria Orsic. Uh, if you look her up, she's got a banging body. But she might not even be real. If you look her up on Wikipedia, there's nothing. And that's how you know you're onto something. So, hopefully some of y'all go and uh, look some of this, some of these terms and some of this stuff up. Figure it out for yourself. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, uh, maybe a little bit, but not totally. But it's not up to me to tell you what to believe. You have to figure it all out yourself. That's, that's the whole point. But uh, I'm going to keep on digging into stuff. Letting you guys know what I find. next time.